Good morning, Forest View. Uh, yes, I, if we haven't met or uh, you're as bad at faces and names as I am, my name is Craig, and it's nice to kind of um, meet you. Uh, and I'm going to be your, your, in a sense, your tour guide for, for this Sunday. Uh, you see, we're starting off on this, as you get, could guess there, this journey through the Psalms. And... Um, and if you were with us last week, you might have heard Lois talking about Psalm 1. Now, you all have little booklets here. Did you were able to get one? If you don't, you will need one today, maybe a pen or pencil. In fact, throughout this Psalms in this summer, um, this is a good thing to have because we're going to try to spend some time actually reflecting and reading and meditating on the Psalms. So you'll, you'll need one of these things. Um, but uh, Lois, Lois introduced us to Psalm 1 and to the Psalms in general. And she, she mentioned that the Psalms are, 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 are maybe different than, than other documents, all right? They're, they're, they're poetry. They, they're filled with raw emotion. And so you're going to read them a little differently than maybe you might read a legal document, you know, which, which I always think is kind of good news since I don't find them real riveting. Sorry, lawyers. But, uh, you know, we, we want to read these like poetry. And, and while we could study the Psalms, we're going to read them a little differently. Oh, it's very fine to study Scripture and to study the Psalms. I mean, uh, scholars are going to do that. And when we do, we're going to read it with a certain, oh, uh, focus, right? We're going to really concentrate and try to figure out, you know, what's the, what's the historical context, maybe what's the form of the psalm, its structure, uh, maybe what the theology is, what's the, what's the setting in which the psalm was written. We're going to do all these sort of things when we study the psalms. It, it's a good thing to do. As I say, scholars do this sort of stuff, and we benefit a great deal from that. They come to us kind of from the head. We use our intellect here, right? Um, but we're going to suggest a little different way of going through the Psalms. Instead of studying them, we're going to practice praying the Psalms. All right? And that's going to be a little different. Because instead of this strict focus, we're going to be fine with sort of meandering, if you will. We're going to listen and meditate. We're going to... Uh, let our thoughts, if you will, kind of go where they go. And we're going to pay attention to that. If our thoughts get stuck on a word, we're going to say, I wonder what caught us in that word. If our mind even wanders, that's okay. We're going to say, I wonder why I got from there to here. We're going to just pay attention to that and then gently kind of bring our mind back to the text. But we're going to do this in a really prayerful way. We're going to use our imaginations if you will. We're going to try to visualize what's happening here. We're going to pay attention to our feelings, right? How does this psalm make us feel? What's that about? Right? All these sort of things are part of reading the psalms prayerfully. We're even going to read the psalms and pray them because deep down we believe that God is using this psalm at this very point in time to actually reach out to us. Right? That, that's a key belief in, 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 in how we're reading the scriptures here. 
this psalm and this very point in time, God is coming to draw near to you. That's because we believe that all scripture, including this psalm, is God-breathed. In the same way that God breathes life into you, God breathes life into this psalm and speaks to you freshly, right? Trying to communicate with you, trying to shape you and form you into the person that he dreams of you becoming. This is all part of the sort of mindset we bring to this psalm as we read it. So it's, it's fine to read scriptures with our heads. There's a place for that. But we want to read scripture with our hearts. Got it? Kind of getting a sense how this might be a little different. Um, because if the goal of studying scripture is kind of to know it and understand it and, and, and in a sense master it, the goal of praying scripture is to have the text master us. Got it? So we're going to put ourselves under the authority of the text, if you were. We're going to let it speak into our lives and root around and figure out what's happening. Are you with me? Yes, Craig. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm in my class or something like that. <laughs> Except my students would never be like that. Um, so, so we're going to give it a try, okay? And we're going to give it a try with Psalm 5. So Psalm 1's on the front, Psalm 5's on the inside, and then you can guess what next week is, right? You figured that one out? <laughs> uh, yeah, Psalm 30. Six. I was kind of hoping that, that Ryan might have used one of those psalms in his sword drill because I was ready, but he didn't. So, um, so here's, what, here's what's going to happen. In just a moment, I'm going to read Psalm 5 aloud. All right? You can follow along in your little booklet. You can close your eyes and just let the words wash over you. But it's just going to be this reading, Psalm 5. And then there's going to be some silence. Just going to give you some time to listen to what God's saying. Maybe you go back and uh, reread the psalm. Or maybe as you were listening to that psalm being read, there was a word that jumped out at you or a phrase. Pay attention to that. Go back to it. Think about it. Why, why did that word come out to you? What is God saying there? What was it? You start to think a little bit about that. You let your mind meander, and you turn it into a prayer. You say, whatever comes to mind, whatever that phrase or that word has conjured up in you, you think, God, what are you saying to me here? And we listen. And then maybe it becomes a time of worship for you. Maybe it becomes a time of thanksgiving, right? You find your heart just becoming thankful. Or maybe it's a time of introspection and confession. Whatever it is, it's okay, all right? You just simply take some time to turn those words into prayers. Maybe you write things down. That's why we have the pencils in the space, right? Now, for some of you, this is like, I do this all the time, Craig. But maybe for a lot of other people, this could be a little scary. And you're saying, all right, what if I do it wrong? What if I don't even know what to do with this thing? And right, relax, all right? At the very least, there'll be some times of silence. But why not also open yourself up to this time with God? 
and trust that whatever's happening is happening and for a reason. So follow your thoughts, follow your meanders, and turn them back into prayers to God. Are you with me? A little summer experiment? (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I'm going to keep you with me. (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, Let's prepare our hearts. Spirit of God, open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. Psalm 5. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for it's to you that I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful, Lord, you detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence, I bow down toward your holy temple. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, because of my enemies. Make your way straight for me to follow. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let them be caught in their own traps. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. That those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Hear our prayers, O Lord. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer.
So, kind of a crazy psalm, eh? Not exactly the warm, heart, devotional type of psalm that maybe you were expecting. <laughs> but I hope there was maybe some time, some moments. I'll be, I'll be interested. In fact, although we won't have time right now to do sort of back and forth, I'd hope that you maybe continue with some conversations over lunchtime, whatever. What was your word? What was the phrase that grabbed you? Where did you go? Etc. All right? But I wouldn't mind spending the rest of our time just walking through some of this psalm. All right? It starts off with saying, Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Yeah, this was a lament. This was the cry for deliverance, this psalm was. And so maybe that's where you found yourself, you know, crying out to God. Recognize that he's my king and my God. Recognize that here he's the one who can help. Maybe you found yourself in that position. I'm at my wit's end, and now I'm crying out to God, my king and my God. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I labor my request before you, just like us right now, right? Many, 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 many years ago, the psalmist is writing these very words, maybe at a time just like this. And we wait. Maybe that's the word that grabbed you. Maybe life's been really, you're in this sort of transition time, and it is so tough waiting. And so you stopped and you paused a little bit on that word, and you said, Lord, give me patience. All right. Or maybe it was the word that follows expectantly. Yeah, the time of waiting has been really tough, and what you're finding now is that you're tired of waiting. The idea of waiting with hope, well, that's long left the station. Cynicism is what you're fighting now. An ability to just kind of give up. Right? God, if you haven't done anything yet, how can I keep on waiting? I'm done. And maybe the word you needed to hear today coming from God was wait with hope. Wait with expectancy. Keep going. For I am truly your king and your God. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Keep pushing forward. Keep waiting. Or maybe you moved on to verse 4. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful Lord you detest. Oh, isn't that a lovely sentiment? <laughs> Do you remember last week, Lois talked about three types of psalms. She said there were psalms of orientation, psalms of disorientation, and psalms of reorientation. Well, this is classic orientation, okay? This is, this psalm says, you know, hey, this is the way life's supposed to go. Good guys get good things, bad guys get bad things, right? Isn't that the way the government works, Lord? And if you stopped here, maybe life is, you're in a period of orientation, right? Life is going as it's supposed to go and you're feeling good. Good for you. That's nice. <laughs> It probably won't last, I hate to tell you, all right? <laughs> because often the way we expect the orientation, the status quo, it doesn't seem to stay like that for long, right? So wherever you find yourself, whether it's orientation, disorientation, or reorientation, wherever you find yourself, I love the verse that followed. Verse 7, But I, by your great love... 
can come into your house. In reverence, I bow down toward your holy temple. I mean, you could just stay and pause on that one for a while, eh? And it would be a good morning. You could turn me off, right? Some of you have already. That's okay. I'm not offended, all right? But, but it's just, you know, regardless of whatever's happening, Lord, I recognize in spite of this covenant, I'm here because of your great love. I'm able to enter your presence only because of grace. It's just this wonderful, wonderful phrase, right? We could hang on that. We could, we could hang out in that one for a while, and it would be good. But you know what, you know what verse grabbed me? You're going to think I'm really warped. It was actually the next one. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, because of my enemies. Make your way straight for me to follow. You say, oh, that's not bad. Except, you know the word I landed on? Enemies. <laughs> All right, I've got to give you a little bit of context. Because I, I take the GO train into work each morning. All right? In fact, I've seen some folks there uh, on the GO train. And so I'm on the GO train. And, and when I knew that I was uh, speaking, I was decided I'm going to just start at Psalm 1 and just read until I stop and find a psalm I like. So I got to Psalm 5. <laughs> Lois is already taking Psalm 1, so that was done. So Psalm 5, I, st I stop on Psalm 5 and I stop on this word enemies because I'm heading into work. And I need to tell you that work has been a little tough this past year. <laughs> it's not so much the team I work with isn't a great team. I love them, right? But they've been driving me crazy. And, I was, and as I was sitting on the train, they came to mind, right? It was, um, it, was, it was this notion that, like, you know, they were, they, life was just getting to me a little bit. And, and so I went on. I, so these guys came to my mind, and I went on. And I read these next description in verse 9. It said, not a word from their mouth could be trusted. <laughs> their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. And I thought, okay, a little over the top. <laughs> but I can kind of resonate with that, right? right? They were a little mean to me at times. <laughs> this is how, this is, I'm serious, this is what's happening on the GO train. They're a little mean to me. And so I keep reading. Declare them guilty, O God. Let them be caught in their own traps. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. Okay, that was a little far. All right, because the truth is, I actually really like my team. <laughs> They're really good guys. And this was just over the top. I didn't want them declared guilty. I certainly didn't want them to be banished from God's sight. And then this psalm kind of caught me up a little bit. And, and it was the hyperbole of the psalm that actually helped me move out of this sense of self-pity. I actually found myself trying to defend my enemies from this crazy attack. And that's when it really happened. As I started to think with about these interactions with my so-called enemies, I realized that what was bothering me 
wasn't that they were evil people, like these wicked people here, right? What was bothering me was that they weren't respecting me the way I thought they should. They weren't agreeing with what I thought they should do, and they certainly weren't doing what I thought they should do. In fact, if I dug down a little bit deeper, and I did, the truth was that some of them were actually even better at what they were doing than I was, and I was jealous. All this on the GROW train in the morning. I suddenly realized that the enemies weren't out there. The real enemies were in me. And then the psalm took this whole different turn. I realized that it was my pride, my insecurities, my sense of privilege. They were all at the root of this whole thing. They were my real enemies. And then suddenly, this verse, oh, actually before that, Keep going, back. That's the one. Oh, no, no, other way, other way, other way. There we go, that's the one. Keep going down. Verse 9, I should just say, verse 9 and 10. That's the one. That's what we're looking for. Next verse. <laughs> that's the, yeah, good, thanks, Brian. <laughs> Nothing like great cues from the, from the guy up front, right? Yeah, suddenly this verse here, this were fit, Right? Yeah, they're filled with malice and lies. All my insecurities, all my arrogance, they smelled like a rotting corpse. It was ugly. This verse applied perfectly. Not a word from their mouth could be trusted. And the lies from these internal enemies were insidious, right? That I needed affirmation in order to be considered worthwhile, right? That life is this huge competition, that what matters is getting my own way and being right, and that power and prestige are the marks and measuring stick of my worth. Those are the insidious lies of the enemies that I was fighting on that go train. And this psalm became a prayer for me to banish my enemies, to help me recognize them and declare them guilty and for God to protect me from them. That the great I am would banish and protect, the great I, I am would protect me from the not so great I am not. That was creating this angst and warfare within me. And so just as I had this kind of aha moment, I heard another voice. But this time it was Jesus saying, yeah, you saw it. Love your enemies. And that was weird for me, thinking, what do I do with this, Lord? Because I really did think it was a voice from God. Love your enemies. How do I love these things that are so ugly, right? My insecurities, my arrogance, all this sort of stuff, right? Love that, Lord? That's the part I'm trying to hide. <laughs> but then I kind of realized that I am just this mixed bag. And if I'm honest, even some of the things that are so ugly about me have probably produced some of this stuff that you guys might consider noble. Who knows? 
it reminds me of one of my favorite parables that Jesus tells. It's the story of the, um, a farmer who goes out at night and he, he sows seed in the field. And the next morning, his enemy, or that, in that night, his enemy comes along and sows weeds right on top of it. Nice guy. Well, when the laborers realize what's been done and that there are weeds growing up with the wheat, they're saying, Master, should we just start ripping out the weeds? And the master says, no, no, no. It's hard to even tell one from the other sometimes. And if you rip up one, you'll be ripping up the other. We're a mixed bag. We can hardly even tell one from the other. He says, but wait. Wait until the harvest. And I, says the master, will be the one who sorts the wheat from the weeds. I'll burn the weeds and I will store up what is good. I'll rip out what's bad and store up what's good. But that's for me, not for you. And I take that as something kind of special because I'm a mixed bag. And I know that the parts that are evil and ugly and weedy and everything else, I probably need to be gentle with. My inferiority complexes, my jealousy, my arrogance, my self-pity. Jesus says, let them both grow up together. I'll take care of them. And as I learn to be more gentle with my own internal enemies, you know what I started to find? I actually was a little more patient and gentle with my external, not so much enemies. <laughs> and so it happened. God began to deliver me from my enemies. God was starting to burn away the weeds, if you will, just by simply making me aware that they exist, by allowing me to confess them, by allowing me to trust that they're in his hands, by being gentle. It was an interesting experience. Knowing that the harvest is coming, my prayers would be answered. It's interesting how God works. We pray for, us to, for God to deliver us from our enemies, but God does way more. He turns our enemies into his friends. That's the way God works. He loves the enemies and tells us to do the same. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. We were God's enemies, me, you, all of us, separated from him by our evil thoughts and actions, yet now God has made us his friends through the death of Christ. As a result, he has brought us into his own presence can catch this and we are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault loved wheat and weeds good bad loved <laughs> psalm 5 started to reach out to me it's why I love this table here. We come to this table and it welcomes us, not as enemies, but as friends. Psalm 23 says, and I love it, and we're going to be thinking about it in a couple weeks. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We come just as we are, our good and our bad, knowing that we at once were enemies with God, but now realize that we are deep, deep, 
deep friends welcomed. And we come into the presence of the one who we thought was our enemy, but now, well, now through, because of his great sacrifice, has been declared our friend and our savior. It's good news. This table here is the gospel in a nutshell. It is the good news. However you are, wheat and weeds and everything else, thinking you're an, en en an enemy of God, whatever you are, however you're thinking, God says, come to me, to this table. I've made it for you. Eat, drink. As we take this bread, we remember that this body, the body of Jesus, God's son was given for us, broken for us. That this juice speaks to us of his blood, his life blood given completely for us, enemies to friends. Reconciled at peace, at home in God's presence. That's what this tells us right here. And so what's going to happen in just a moment is that servers will come up and move these the tables. And when you're ready, I'll just come up on your own. Maybe during that time of preparation, you're preparing your own heart. Maybe you're reading Psalm 5 again. Maybe you're reading your own prayers. Maybe you're writing new prayers. A reorientation. That's what the psalm ended up being for me, a reorientation. But we're here invited by the Lord and King himself. Let me pray. Oh Lord, we acknowledge that it's only by your great love that we can come into your house. And so in reverence, we bow down toward your holy temple. Thank you for this bread, which represents your body broken in love for us. Thank you for this juice, which represents your lifeblood freely shed in loving forgiveness for us. Thank you. We eat this bread. We drink this juice. And we renew again our covenant to follow you all the days of our life. The one who loves us, the one who turned our enmity into friendship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.